Engaging Leader Podcast, Episode 4. Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome, leaders. I'm Erin, your co-host, and I'm here with Jesse to talk about the power of empathy. Empathy is very important in engaging with your audience, whether your audience is one or many. Jesse, I'm glad you actually made it today. I wasn't <laughs> sure you'd be up to it. I was working at my computer when I heard, "Woo, that's a hot pepper." <laughs> I looked up and your face was beet red. Yes, uh, I was just catching lunch shortly before we started our recording and uh, was attracted by the vegetables that were available, fresh vegetables, garden fresh vegetables, I might add. And uh, what I thought were green peppers actually turned out to be very spicy jalapeno peppers. (laughs) (laughs) And I really appreciate your your empathy uh, because you weren't just uh, laughing, you were laughing empathetically. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So what do a lot of people think when they hear the word empathy? You know, it's interesting when you say that. I I think I'm similar to a lot of people in the way I used to think about it. It always struck me as a pretty weak word, like a, a 1990s touchy-feely empowerment kind of word. And so I, it, was, it wasn't anything that I was interested in for a long time. But when I actually looked at what leaders have um, realized was important in in terms of their own impact and influence, leaders for many, many years have recognized the importance of empathy. For example, Henry Ford said, if there is any one secret of success, it lies in the ability to get the other person's point of view and see things from his angle as well as your own. Well, can you define empathy for us? Sure. Uh, Well, first of all, Webster would say that... um, that well let me first of all say i think henry ford's quote that i just read is actually a pretty good definition the ability to get the other person's point of view and see things from his angle as well as your own webster defines it as the action of understanding being aware of being sensitive to and vicariously experiencing the feelings thoughts and experience of another hmm. so you can see it does go a little bit further f- than what henry ford was saying that you're you're actually being you, there's some awareness sensitivity and even to a certain extent experiencing three things feelings thoughts and maybe even experience of other people now i think it's important to contrast that with some rather similar words that we use a lot or hear a lot and maybe that these words tend to you know cause some of that confusion about maybe empathy sounding weak when it's actually quite powerful one is uh, the, the most obvious is we often confuse empathy with sympathy you know and if empathy is putting yourself in another's shoes um, sympathy is really about having feelings for that person not necessarily feeling those feelings uh, or imagining those feelings So, for example, you may feel a sense of regret about somebody's hardship or a loss that they have, but you're not really placing yourself in those shoes. You're just kind of making an emotional connection with them. So that's uh, sympathy. And then there's also compassion, which 
uh, connotes an emotional connection, but it, it responds in action. So you actually, you feel about something or someone's plight and you're going to go take action to help them. That sort of requires, you know, a certain amount of passion about something. And as a leader, you know, you're not going to go get all passionate about, about everything that comes your way. Compassion, you're only going to do, you know, in, in sort of smaller areas, but empathy is something that you really want to sort of be a walking, living, breathing example of just being an empathetic person is actually going to make you a very powerful leader. Okay. Can you give me an example of how that might look? When our oldest son was about seven, he vandalized the door to his bedroom. And he had actually vandalized several other things in his room or in the house, whether that was toys of his or toys of other kids or furniture or what have you. I had had conversations with him on multiple occasions about not doing that. And they probably, you know, they they were rather harsh conversations, you know, don't do that again kind of conversations. And uh, yet, obviously, I wasn't having an impact with him because here he had wrecked yet another thing in the house, his bedroom door. And so I, I was just kind of beside myself and mentioned it to a buddy of mine who was about five years older and wiser. <laughs> he had kids of his own and was pretty sharp as far as kids went. And he uh, pointed out to me that I really wasn't using empathy with this situation. And it really was a situation that called for empathy. Now, I should point out that he is a computer geek and I am a communication consultant. And I had been trained in the art, fine art of communication. And he has been trained in the not so fine art of writing gobbledygook on computers. And so why I needed him to teach me about empathy, who knows? But uh, I took it to heart and it really made a difference. What happened, you know, and he, he told me kind of what to do and this is what I did and it worked. I sat my son down, talked to him about why he was doing this and shared with him that it, even though it's been a long time, I did remember what it was like to be a young boy and how fun it was to do things like squeeze toothpaste out of the tube and uh, watch things blow up and, you know, destroy things, you know, build You'd build things with Legos or blocks or whatever, and then mostly just for the fun of knocking it back down. And in that, you know, in that conversation, I was able to understand that, yeah, that that really is why he was doing those things. He wasn't doing it to be mean or because he had some kind of sociopathic destructive streak. Uh, No, he was just normal. And that was actually kind of a normal trait for kids that age. And so I connected with him on that and he appreciated being understood. And then I took it a step farther and I I said, you know, but I've had to learn that that's not socially acceptable and that there are consequences for that. That wastes money, it bothers other people, it's especially not fair when it's their property or they're the ones that paid for it. And then I showed him that there are some healthy ways that you can use that kind of energy and have that kind of fun. And it was a much lower key conversation. It was, you know, two people treating, you know, responding to each other as human beings and not sort of the, the top down rah, 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 rah kind of conversation. And it made a difference and he didn't, it, it had a real influence on him and he didn't do any more vandalism. 
So let's talk about why empathy is so important and so powerful for leaders. First, it puts you into a mode that encourages you to seek first to understand. Yes, and we talked about the importance of that in episode one of the Engaging Leader podcast, which was about the seven habits of highly engaging leaders. And we were learning from Stephen Covey there that how powerful it is to first seek to understand, then to be understood. And when you go into a conversation or a communication and you are putting yourself into empathetic thinking mode, when you think, okay, I got to be empathetic here, that by definition puts you in a mode where you're going to be trying to understand other people. That helps you make decisions that are going to affect them better. So whatever it is you are about to communicate is probably going to be a better decision to begin with because you're understanding your audience, but also you're going to do a better job of communicating with them. Okay. Also, most people never listen, so people will notice the difference if you do. Yeah, this is really powerful. If you, when you stop and think about it, how often do you run into someone who really does a good job of listening? Mm-hmm. I mean, most people, and a lot of times myself included, when, you're in a, when I'm in a conversation with somebody, I'm always thinking about the next thing that I'm going to say. In a conversation with someone who's a really good listener, it makes a difference. Ernest Hemingway said, when people talk, listen completely. Most people never listen. And so if you're one of those people that does listen completely, people will pay attention. They will notice a difference in you. Being empathetic also allows people to connect emotionally so that they can actually listen to your logic. You know, there's a great discussion about this in Fred Garcia's book, The Power of Communication. Um, He quotes George Washington University uh, neurology professor Richard Restack saying, we are not thinking machines. We are feeling machines who think. And so if you realize that, first of all, people typically need to feel first and then they can think. So we're, we're by nature, we tend to be emotional creatures. And, and so as a leader, when you communicate, you need to meet that emotion with emotion. You can't meet it with logic. So, but once you sort of get, make that emotional connection, then um, you, can, you can move on to the kind of the logical discussion. So um, like a, a good example of this is if there's a, a tragic accident, you always hear public officials, the first thing that they're going to say when they have to make a speech is our hearts go out to the family. Trite as that sometimes may come across, it, it is important to do. Think of people carrying an you know, emotional baggage with them. And un- until you as a leader can connect emotionally with them until they feel that connection, they cannot set that emotional baggage down. Once they can set that down, then their their hands or arms are empty. They can take on the logical baggage that you want to put in their arms. So it's almost like they have blinders on that until that connection happens, that they really can't pay attention to what you're trying to say to them. And empathy allows that emotional connection to happen first, and then you can get on into logic. Okay. Another thing empathy does is it kind of kicks you out of your own self-absorption. <laughs> I hope I'm not the only one who sometimes realizes that I think I walk around most of the time in complete self-centeredness. <laughs> maybe maybe not, but uh, it seems like a, a pretty... We just pretend we don't. <laughs> <laughs> a pretty fundamental fact of humanity that most of the time we are self-absorbed. We're absorbed in whatever our agenda is, our to-do list 
what we're thinking and feeling. And when you realize this moment here calls for empathy, it by definition kicks you out of that self-absorption. It encourages you to recognize and treat other people as real human beings, as uh, as equals. Do you did you have a moment when you were growing up when it was suddenly like a a revelation to you that hey I'm I'm a thinking feeling person, but and other people are the same way. I don't know. Did you have that moment like that? Oh yeah, at some point, but I I don't think it was in childhood. I was probably in high school at least by then. Yeah, I I just remember that being wow. Ever you mean other people have these feelings too, have emotions. They're not just like, you know, robots walking around and, and I'm the only one that's kind of moving through this world with, with real awareness. But I think we sort of default back into this sort of feeling like other people aren't, you know, real human beings or something. And, and also as a leader, it is so easy to start thinking of yourself as, you know, wiser than others or somehow being sharper or having more information than others. And uh, because you got so many people that are kind of um, in awe of what your authority, let's say. Hmm. And so you've got people sort of treating you differently. And and if you're not careful, you can start thinking differently. So empathy, when you really stop and think about others, try to understand other people's feelings and thoughts and emotions, you can't help but realize that Wow, they are just as human as I am, and they are equals. We're we're peers, no matter what the actual authority structure may be. Your empathetic thinking makes your audience more receptive to being influenced by you. How does that work? Yeah, this is fascinating, and and there's this comes from uh, uh, scientific research that's done on the topic of mirror neurons, which are also called empathy neurons. And uh, actually on our website, uh, I have a video that kind of shares a little story and explains how these work. If you go look for uh, the pickle juice video on our website. But uh, another example of this is just what we experienced earlier today, or I should say I experienced at first and then you did, which was biting into that jalapeno. I was totally caught off guard. It was an accident. I had totally got a flavor that I was not expecting and a lot more of it. And it caused my eyes to water. Um, I was coughing. I, you know, kind of needed to get that out of my mouth right away. And, but you, first of all, you immediately connected, you know, what it was like to have that kind of experience. I knew what that jalapeno tasted like. (laughs) (laughs) And so you're laughing, you laughed, but it was in a kind-hearted, empathetic way. And I recognized oh, yeah. that immediately. I, I could just see it in your face that you like, oh, I know what that's like. It was a better you than me sort of a yeah. laugh. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you actually had been watching it happen, you would have been more likely to perhaps actually taste the taste of jalapeno in your mouth or your eyes might have started watering um, or you might make a similar face to me. And you know, historically, we call that sympathy pain. Mm-hmm. They actually discovered about 20 years ago, this is, it's surprising, but it was only discovered 20 years ago, that there's actually this thing called uh, mirror neurons, and it's causing you to mirror in your own brain the patterns that are hitting my brain. So it's like your brain uh, actually experiences what I'm experiencing. What's What's important about that is it's not just about it doesn't just mirror actions like tasting a jalapeno when you weren't expecting it. It actually is um, includes 
thoughts and feelings. And so when you go into a communication with, and you are, have, you're thinking empathetically, which means that you're really trying to honestly understand the other person or people's point of view and their thoughts and feelings, their brains are going to mirror that mode of thinking as well. It's kind of like they can read your body language and so forth, and they're not even trying it to, but they just sort of, uh, their their radar goes up like that, this guy's really trying to understand me. And it mirrors in their brain, and then they actually will become automatically, as it were, more empathetic toward you. So if you're a leader hoping to influence people, Empathy actually makes your audience more likely to be influenced by you, more receptive. And if you're going to take a, to take that a step further and say, okay, I'm not just going to try to understand them, but I'm also going to be totally open-minded and willing to allow their point of view to influence me. That's powerful because, again, the mere neurons are going to trigger in their brains and they are going to be more open-minded to what you're saying. And so instead of you just trying to push uh, your w- way of thinking on them, um, you're going to work with them kind of mu- to mutually arrive at a destination. And they, instead of uh, you know, putting up walls and trying to protect their point of view, they're going to be more open-minded to what you're, to what you're saying. Or sometimes they may not put up walls, you know, sort of the opposite of empathy. If you're practicing the opposite of empathy, your audience is either going to put up walls to protect their point of view, or they might um, say, well, there's no point in arguing with this, guy, with this person. Let's just go along with what he's saying. But that doesn't mean they're really going to support it. They're not really going to buy into it. But if you mutually arrive somewhere together, you can both fully support it. It also moves you toward mutuality trust and involvement. Yeah, those are three kind of big words. Yeah, what's mutuality? <laughs> well, this is a mutuality is a very key concept and I learned this from research psychologist David Burnham, uh, who is a, a great teacher on this whole topic. But um, he teaches that mutuality, first of all, is fully recognizing others as valuable and whole persons and then also participating with them in mutual activities. When you are in a state of mutuality with your audience, that naturally leads to trust, and it, it, it's really putting into practice a, a, a long-time communication principle, which is one of involvement, that if you can involve people in what you're communicating, they're more likely to support that. And so that involvement is a small part of mutuality. But uh, mutuality is a, is a mode of thinking and an action that comes across as emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence, definitely research shows it leads to higher levels of employee engagement um, or in any kind of group, better engagement and better morale. Uh, emotional intelligence was brought to everybody's attention in the, in the mid-90s by Daniel Goleman. He had a, a, a landmark book called Emotional Intelligence. What else? But he was made a, a very strong argument, which has been embraced in the years since then, that emotional intelligence is at least as important as what we you know normally refer to as IQ, you know your hmm. mental intelligence. Um, and, and, and he says, in fact, in leadership, it's really more important. He calls it EQ, emotional intelligence, and, and the short for that is EQ. EQ is actually more important than IQ. And EQ has to do with the ability to recognize, identify, and empathize 
with the emotions of both yourself and others. So it's it's self-awareness, you know, self-knowledge, as well as interpersonal awareness and interpersonal skills. It has to do with you're aware of your emotions or your feelings at any point in time. And you're, you're, you're like, so, so you, you sort of aware that, okay, I'm, uh, I, my temper's up a little bit right now. And so I'm maybe not reacting as, as, uh, logically and rationally as I should to what's going on here. So you, you sort of have the ability to sort of push the pause button and say, hmm, I better stop talking until my temper comes back down and then I can have a rational conversation about that. That's sort of the self-awareness or, or you, or you maybe you're self-aware that you know that, well, I'm just always very, I'm a quick person. I like quick decisions and any moments of slowness are going to frustrate me. And so if I'm aware of that, I can kind of compensate for that or, or use that to my advantage. But also it's kind of having uh, some either some natural gifts like radar maybe that helps you understand where people are coming from or it's doing the harder work of 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 putting skills in the practice that allow you to understand where other people are coming from this isn't just some feel-good concept daniel goleman sums up really the applicability of empathy to today's leaders when he writes empathetic people are superb at recognizing and meeting the needs of clients customers, or subordinates. They seem approachable, wanting to hear what people have to say. They listen carefully, picking up on what people are truly concerned about, and respond on the mark. Yeah, you know, when I hear that, first of all, I think back to my earlier comment that empathy sounds weak. I used to always think that. And yet, I hear what you just described there, and I think, absolutely, those people, empathetic people are people that I want to be around. I want to, I'm happy to have them as leaders. Um, and I want to be that kind of a person. I mean, that is true. That's being a very influential person. And there's nothing weak about that. Not everyone is naturally empathetic, but you can learn the skills that it takes to be empathetic. Right. I, I It's often said that women... Uh, many women are have more of a natural empathy. The, the typical woman maybe is more sensitive to others' emotions, like they have a natural radar that picks up on what people are feeling. And uh, I don't know about other guys, but I don't think I do. <laughs> and I'd have to say that not all women are excellent in each of the key skills that are involved in empathy. What are no, those? Probably not. Well, I was going to say, I think a lot of these skills, you know, if you've got that natural radar, that's great. But but other skills that can certainly compensate. Um, first of all, I think curiosity is something that we, we can all sort of nurture in ourselves. But if you're curious about other people, you're going to want to fully understand their point of view. Probably the, the biggest one that requires some actual work and practice is is active listening. And we talked earlier about the importance of, of truly listening, but this is really hearing the other person's thoughts and feelings. And not necessarily just thinking about what you're going to say next. Exactly. Like right now I was thinking, okay, what am I going to say after she's done talking? <laughs> <laughs> now there's a there is a, a part of active listening is repeating and paraphrasing. And I, I kind of even pulled that out as a, sep- as a separate skill. When you're actively listening, especially if you have a tendency to think about what am I going to say next, just transfer that into thinking about, okay, what's, what's she saying? And 
how could I repeat that back to her, either using the same words or even better to kind of paraphrase. The, the important part of that is you're doing that so that you can check your understanding of what the other person is saying. You know, so that if you're not right, you can reframe it. But it's also powerful because that person then actually can feel like, oh, he or she really does understand me or is, it, or is at least trying to understand me. Um, it, but it's also, so it's important for understanding, but it's also important because just the act of doing that creates the mental processes of what we call empathetic thinking. And, you know, when we talked about those mirror neurons earlier, that when, by, by saying that back, it's going to put you in that more of that empathetic mode, that mutuality mode. So what you're saying is I should repeat and paraphrase that what you said was <laughs> that I should say back to you what you just said to make sure that I understood it. <laughs> wow, you really get me, don't you? <laughs> uh, another another uh, key skill is imagination. And that's, you know, thinking about what, uh, what it's like to be in their shoes. Now, I like to listen to podcasts. I like to listen to radio. And one of my favorite people to listen to is Dave Ramsey, who is... Uh, has callers call into his show with money problems and, and, and they have money uh, questions. And often they've done things that have gotten themselves into a real quandary. They've made some mistakes with their money. Dave does a very good job of really being helpful to people. They, they, they truly feel helped by him, even though he's so different than them. He hasn't made those kind of mistakes in many, many years. And he's, he's, a, lot, he's a pretty wealthy guy right now. But yet he says, you know, gosh, you've really got yourself in a mess. The only re- way I can give you advice is to think, if what would I do if I woke up tomorrow in your shoes and, and really imagine what it's like to be you waking up in your bed? Um, and that that imagination it may not be perfect. You can't perfectly you know, know what it's like to be somebody else, but the imagination can go a long way. And then if you use active listening and asking the right questions, the other person will help you fill in the fill in a lot of the gaps. We talked a little bit earlier about another, or we hinted at another um, key skill, and maybe it's not so much a skill as just a, a mental state, but it's open-mindedness. Or I like to think of it as being is intellectual honesty. If if I'm gonna in a discussion with you, uh, I can't. I don't want to just be all about pushing my views on you. And that's, you know, if you look at politics today, that's what that's become. I mean, it's, it's all sound bites. It's all just trying to get a point across, make the other side look bad maybe, um, but, you know, push a certain point of view. And so people aren't, because it, it all comes down to saying the right words and everything, people, there, to me, there's no point in having those discussions because neither side is is going to change. So why even be talking if neither of us are going to change? But instead, if you can say, look, I'm going to be actually open to allow myself to be influenced by your thoughts and feelings and ideas, I, I'm going to be actually be open to admit maybe I'm wrong. Maybe what I'm, my point of view is not the, the most correct one. And that is a, that's a, I think it's a very powerful mental state to be in. And, you know, with the whole concept of mirror neurons, it actually encourages the people that you're connecting with to have a similar level of open-mindedness. And then the last skill that I'll mention is vulnerability. And that requires a certain amount of self-awareness where you can, you're aware of your own feelings. But if you're vulnerable enough, you can 
to actually talk about your feelings with the person or maybe a, a better way to look at that, especially if that sounds too, you know, weak and touchy feely for you, at least sharing your reactions to the thoughts and feelings that the other person is expressing. But if you can do that using feeling words or actual emotion words and start your, your sentences with the word I, you know, I feel worried when I hear you say that. I feel such and such because that's not making a value judgment on what they're saying. Um, and it's actually feeling something that, you know, basically comes out of your heart. And again, that allows people to make feel like there's a real emotional connection. And when they connect with you emotionally, then they're they're able to connect with you on a logical or rational basis after that. So to sum up, the key skills of empathy are curiosity, active listening, repeating and paraphrasing, imagination, open-mindedness, and vulnerability. All right, leaders, that wraps up today's show. Thank you for joining us. We hope you'll be with us again next time. Have a great week. If you like our show, please rate us on iTunes. That makes a huge difference in helping more people discover it. Go to engagingleader.com slash iTunes. We would love to know your thoughts about this episode. You can leave comments on our show notes at engagingleader.com or connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, where I am at Jesse Leahy. This is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm where my colleagues and I partner with midsize and large employers on internal communication strategies. Find out more at AspendaleCommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Arthur Hankey, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Christopher Seal, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, whether you realize it or not, you are always communicating and leading. Let's make the most of our opportunities to engage the people we care about.